prison sexual assault investigation. Hello everybody, welcome to the conversation, I'm David Schuster. There is a new investigation out that by every indication is one of the most extensive and deepest into sexual assault in New York prisons that have ever been published. This was written by Victoria Law, a journalist and author, and it now appears in The Intercept. And Victoria joins us now. First of all, congratulations on this really epic work. Victoria, what drew you to the subject? I have been covering issues of incarceration, particularly in New York State prisons for many years. And one of the things that is a constant is sexual assault and sexual abuse at the hands of staff members. And what is so chilling about this particular sexual assault is that it happened in front of witnesses. And it happened by a person who has had numerous complaints lodged against him for physical and sexual abuse while on the job. You're referring to the case of an incarcerated prisoner named Robert Adams, May 19, 2021. Explain what happened to him. So on May 19th, 2021, Robert Adams was heading to lunch in the prison he was in and he saw two officers outside another man's cell berating him. He attempted to intervene and calm the man down. The man was getting agitated and to make the officers stop berating him. And what he and several other witnesses say happened is that the guards started to beat him and then dragged him into a sally port or a vestibule where one door closes and another door closes. And then there, one of the officers pulled down his pants and sodomized him with his baton several times. This also happened, this was also witnessed by one of the incarcerated people. And then after that, they brought him to a holding cell, gave him a pair of boxer shorts and told him to change into those before bringing him to the medical clinic and threatened to kill him if he reported the sexual assault. He was understandably terrified. He simply told the medical staff that he had been beaten up and did not report the sexual assault that day. It was not until two days later when he was transferred to a different prison that he felt safe enough to come forward. And even at that different prison, he goes to a medical examination and they essentially don't bother to examine him or take his claim seriously? No, they do not. Under the Prison Rape Elimination Act, the New York State prison system is supposed to offer a sexual assault forensic exam to anyone who comes to them and says they have been sexually assaulted. That exam has to happen within 72, perhaps 86 hours, which Mr. Adams was well within that time frame. And instead of doing that, they basically dismissed his claims, said that there didn't seem to be very much wrong with him and sent him back to his cell. What about the witnesses? What happened to the witnesses from that prison incident? So Mr. Adams and at least six other witnesses were all placed in solitary confinement. So for all of us who have been sheltering at home during the pandemic, imagine being locked in your smallest bathroom with absolutely nothing to do for days or weeks on end. And they were charged with a variety of Prison, charge, prison rules violations such as creating a disturbance, protesting. Mr. Adams was charged with assault on staff and they were issued disciplinary tickets and left in solitary confinement for prolonged periods of time. And again, Mr. Adams filed a complaint after he was transferred to a different prison. He named the men that he knew had witnessed the assault And at least three of those men told me that as of this past October, so more than one year, 
almost a year and a half after this assault happened, no investigator had come to talk to them about this incident. I was struck by part of your report in which you note that there's a, a, a number that people can call to report sexual abuse of incarcerated people. And that the number of calls to this crisis hotline in 2019, 3,338. But the number of actual complaints registered by the Department of Prisons, 481. Why the disparity? What does that suggest? It suggests that people are deathly afraid of filing a report because when you file a complaint against a staff member, you have to remember that he and his colleagues still hold the keys literally to your cell. They can decide if you can or cannot come out of your cell, if um, you know how your food will be handled, you know how you will be treated. And as Mr. Adams's case shows, people don't think that their complaints will be taken seriously. Mr. Adams asked for a sexual assault forensic exam. He was not given one, even though prison policy and the law says that he was supposed to have one. They are not supposed to make their own judgment as to whether or not he needs one. They're supposed to send them to the hospital. So people think they won't be believed and they are hesitant or fearful of reporting. These two guards that were involved in Mr. Adams' incident in May 2021, Eladio Cruz, <coughs> excuse me, and Nicholas May, what is their status these days? They, as far as I know, they still work in the prison system. One of the witnesses actually encountered Sergeant Cruz in August of 2022 when he was being transferred between prisons from one prison to another on a prison bus. And he said that Sergeant Cruz called him a snitch and a rapist. They exchanged words. And then this witness said that later on at the prison that he had been transferred to, he was assaulted, he was beaten up by other guards who accused him of lying on a sergeant. So basically, he was he felt that he had been retaliated against because he had testified against the sergeant at a disciplinary hearing and because he had been willing to be a witness to Mr. Adams's complaint. In the course of reporting this out, what sort of reaction did you get or what sort of comments, if any, from the Bureau of Prisons? The Department of Corrections actually answered, well, first, interestingly enough, they said that they had they were still reviewing all of the allegations and complaints, even though Mr. Adams was told in December of 2021 that his complaint had been closed as unsubstantiated, meaning that the investigator could not find enough evidence that this had occurred. It's interesting because again, at least three of the witnesses said no investigator had ever come to talk to them. Is this a pattern for the Department of Corrections in New York in that you know there are complaints and then the complaints are just sort of either covered up or ignored and there's really no sort of serious investigation that has ever really done with this stuff? Yes, and that is not just limited to New York State prisons. It also happens in prisons across the country. We've seen this with the federal prison in Dublin, California, in prisons in Alabama and state prisons across the country. Now, there's for a lot of people who may be hearing about this, they may think, okay, well, you know, look, prison is not supposed to be a nice place, and terrible things happen in prison. And if somebody didn't commit the crime, then they wouldn't be doing the time. Why should people care? Why should it matter that there is this kind of abuse that is going on in prisons? Well, first of all, when people are sentenced to prisons, they are not sentenced to be raped by staff members who are angry at them. They are sentenced to be taken out of society and put in a cell away from other people. That is, rape is not part of the punishment. Secondly, 
the majority of people in prisons come home. And so we have to ask ourselves, do we want to have people be more traumatized and angry and victimized? Or do we want them to actually come back and be able to participate in their communities as more productive members? So what happens inside prisons will still trickle out into the outside society. What is Robert Adams status these days? Robert Adams is still in prison. He is continuing to serve his sentence. He was very dismayed, disappointed, devastated when he was told that the complaint, his complaint was unsubstantiated, particularly because he had given the investigator witnesses. And he said that he wants this to be brought to light. He does not feel that the prison system should be allowed to continue to operate this way, even if he himself does not ever get any form of justice or accountability. He wants other people to not have to go through what he went through. Victoria, any reaction from public leaders, politicians, people who, the governor, anybody else who would technically oversee the Bureau of Prisons? It's actually interesting. Governor Hochul's office did not respond to multiple requests for comment. and. Legislative leaders have been rather silent, even though this issue was part of a was the topic of a Senate hearing back in March of this year, and there was some movement about some murmur about passing legislation or introducing legislation to address this, and that has not happened yet. So I'm hopeful that stories like this will push legislators to really look at what's happening inside prisons. You mentioned that you've been covering this a long time. Is this issue getting better or is it just pretty much sort of staying the same from where it was a decade ago? I think that there is more attention being paid to it now and there are, so hopefully that means that there will be some changes and some repercussions than there would have been a decade ago. Now we actually do see limited cases in which abusive officers or administrators or even wardens are walked off the property, meaning that they are not allowed to come back and continue victimizing incarcerated people. We see that they are being arrested, we see that they are being fired. So we are seeing that this is being taken more seriously than it was a decade ago, but it also continues to happen. And it would seem like, I mean, just sort of common sense that, I mean, if a guard is engaging in any sort of assault, sexual assault or any assault at all, it's creating a more combustible, tense environment, not only for the prisoners, but also for the guards. That other guards are now perhaps in jeopardy or in danger because of the action of a guard in this sort of situation. You, you would think so. You would think that also because there were several guards involved in the physical beating of Mr. Adams, that somebody might have said, hey, this is actually not okay to pull somebody's pants down and sodomize him with a baton. So I think it is a very scathing indictment of the system and the ways in which it makes people complacent to these kinds of atrocities inside. Victoria Law, she's a journalist and author and the new piece, new investigation piece is in The Intercept. It's one of the deepest dives ever into prison sexual assault. Victoria, congratulations on this remarkable piece and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for covering this and for having me.